John 2 verse 13 tells us that it was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration, so Jesus went to Jerusalem. In the temple area, he saw merchants selling cattle, sheep, and doves for sacrifices, and he also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and the cattle, too, and scattered the money changers' coins all over the floor and turned over their tables. Then, going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, Get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. And then his disciples remembered this prophecy from the scriptures, Passion for God's house will consume me. Apparently, the temple court had been turned over for the sale of animals and birds that were used in sacrifice. Now, the usual sin offering was a lamb or a goat, but if the poor could not afford one, they could buy two pigeons or doves, and those were permitted in the place as a sin offering for the poor. And apparently, those who sold those doves in the temple often exploited and mistreated and overcharged the poor because Jesus referred to them as a den of robbers or a den of thieves. Add to that the issue of money changing, a currency exchange, we would call it today, and you have a, a recipe for problems. See, those who came from a distance, instead of bringing offerings of animals or birds, could bring money to purchase them from the temple staff, but the payment had to be in temple currency. And also, each Israelite was expected to provide a half-shekel tax or offering to the temple. But these payments for those sacrifice items and those taxes could not be made in foreign currencies like Roman denarii, which contained pagan symbols and images of emperors. And so the money had to be exchanged for the appropriate temple currency. The result was that over time, the temple had also become a major money exchange, or almost like a bank, and where they, where they charged unlawful fees, unlawful based on Jewish law. Those fees were being charged, and all of that exploited the people, especially the poor, in God's house. Now, all of this may have evolved over time, but the result was that the temple had become almost unrecognizable as a place of sacrifice and service to God. So, Jesus cited what God had said hundreds of years before through the prophet Isaiah, I will bring them to my holy mountain of Jerusalem, and I will fill them with joy in my house of prayer. I will accept their burnt offerings and sacrifices because my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. My father's house is supposed to be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. The point is that this is the, uh, the central purpose of God's house, a place of worship and praise and prayer, and in those days, ritual sacrifice, but not of collection of unlawful interest and economic exploitation to the poor. And, making things convenient for people, all of which was contrary to Jewish law. They had totally lost sight of God's perspective on what sacrifices and worship and His temple were all to be about. Micah 6, 6 says, What can we bring to the Lord? Should we bring Him burnt offerings? Should we bow before the Lord Most High with offerings of yearling calves? Should we offer Him thousands of rams and 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? No, O oh people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So Jesus took it upon himself to restore the sanctity of the temple, his father's house. 
Now, the way Jesus reacted in, uh, with, in driving them out troubles some people who cannot conceive of a loving Jesus being angry. Psalm 69.9 says, Passion for your house has consumed me, and the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. He took it very seriously, very personally. But spineless love is hardly love. Instead, characteristics that adhere to anger and judgment can in fact be the reverse side of the coin of love. The Bible tells us whom the Lord loves, he corrects and chastens and punishes. So this, this passage should challenge each of us in our perspective and expectations and practices when it comes to God's house. I'll remind you once again, know, O people, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires. Do what is right. Love mercy. Walk humbly with your God. May God's house, the one we worship in every week, and the one that we are, even in our homes every day, be a house of prayer, a house consecrated to God, and bringing about the will of God everywhere that we go. Lord, it's our desire, because we are known as the temple of the Holy Spirit, to not have anything in us that defile us or defile your temple, but that, Lord, we might do the things that you ask of, and that we might find the peace and the joy and that comes in pleasing you in all that we do. God, help us to do it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So keep serving God and keep the faith. Thank you.